Hello, welcome to my podcast, Espresso Yourself. It is an auditory sense of community of the Starbucks patrons, by the Starbucks patrons, for the Starbucks patrons. When I first met her, her energy was just brimming. And I can see that whenever she comes in, she just matches my energy. I love those people. Miss Amanda Gluck. Hi. <laughs> you're so cute. So Miss Amanda, not everyone knows, but you told me at Starbucks you're leaving. I am leaving. I'm leaving like right now. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so honored that you are doing a podcast for the first time I heard. Yeah, this is my first podcast ever. I feel like there's a rite of passage when you live in LA. I waited seven years and to the day before I left and here we are. <laughs> I am so honored. She's a lovely human being. And so, yeah. So, Miss Amanda, where are you from? I'm from South Florida, originally. I went to school in Boston. Mm -hmm. I did my summers in New York and then I accidentally wound up in LA and then seven years later. <laughs> wow, there's so much to unpack. So, let's go back. <laughs> Were you in a city, a rural area? So, I grew up in a little suburban town outside of Fort Lauderdale. So, very white picket fence like oh. super really good schools like really great place to grow up almost like the town in Footloose it was kind of boring like mm. <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on how was growing up in that small suburban area it was nice looking back I'm grateful that that is where I grew up but mm. the entire time I was there I couldn't wait to get out I just always dreamed of living in a bigger city I always right. dreamed about New York mm. and I the minute that I turned 18 I was like you, I gotta go yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and you went to school there right no I went to school in Boston in Boston and like middle school or I did uh, like elementary school middle mm, school high school in Florida in Florida and mm. then I went to college in Boston so where did you go in Boston I went to Emerson mm -hmm. I was an acting major stop it mm -hmm. okay yeah. and have you always wanted to be an actor I did when I was a kid I mm -hmm. actually wanted to be on Broadway oh my god that is just so <laughs> when you were in Florida going back to Florida where did it start that you told yourself I want to be an actress so when I was eight years old mm -hmm. I started going to a performing arts summer camp in upstate New York so every summer like school would let out and I would spend the entire summer in New York doing shows doing performances taking classes and I was with a lot of the kids that went to that summer camp were on Broadway and they were actually performers and they were working actors so that whenever I came back home I did drama club and I was really involved in all that but I was mm. super inspired because I spent every summer training I feel like growing up theater was my way of experiencing things that I was wanting to experience one of my college essays I wrote it said what's the title of your memoir and I said vicariously me because I felt like through theater I was able to live vicariously and experience every type of experience under the sun, experience different relationships, living different places, and I was able to do all of it just through storytelling. My mom can attest to this that I came out with an agenda. I was very animated, very excited, and always loved performing and was not shy. Oh my god. Now I'm knowing you, this is remarkable, Amanda. Yeah. A friend of a friend sort of recommended mm. it to us, but it was like a state-of-the-art program. It's mm. one of the, the greatest performing arts summer camps in the world. Right. They had theater, they had circus. I also did. Wow. Um, they have the world's largest children's circus. So I started doing circus when I was a kid. I went to that camp for 10 years and then I was a counselor and I taught trapeze to little kids. Wow. <laughs> that, that is a whole new spectrum, Amanda, mm -hmm. like trapeze. My mm -hmm. first year, my mom and my grandma came with me. Me and my brother went to the camp together. That's 18 months older than yeah. me. At the time, was like not a theater person at all. He is like on every sports team, you know, and basically he went to that camp because I wanted to go to that camp and my mom wanted someone to come with me. Okay, that makes sense. That makes but sense. cut to when we became adults, he was a counselor. Also, he actually ended up, there was a sports program at the theater summer <laughs> camp 
and he ended up running the sports program. That's he classic. also found out that he loves music as well. He's not a performer, but he's extremely musical and really, really talented and has a great ear. He's so freaking talented. Whenever I would come home with the libretto, which is the sheet music for whatever show we were doing, me and him both took the same amount of piano lessons at the beginning. He could hear things and then figure out the chords to them and then just play things by ear. So whenever I would come home from rehearsals and I'd get the libretto, he would be like, show me, show me, show me. And he would pull out the sheet music and he would, for fun, learn the entire score of whatever show I was working on. Whenever we would come home from school, he would run to the piano and he would always beg me to come sing with him. And it was really Damn. sweet. It was really sweet. That's yeah. impressive. I like him already. He's sweet. Oh my God. Is it comparable to the movie's Camp Rock? Kind of. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I have a picture now in my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. This is the camp where all the kids that were Broadway kids went to this camp during the summer. A lot of famous people's children went there. Nice. So I was friends with a lot of kids who had celebrity parents. When you're a kid, you don't care about that. Absolutely, yeah. But oh. when my mom or parents would come for a visiting day, all the adults would be like, oh my God, like, do you know who that kid yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and we'd all be like, that's Billy. Like, you know, <laughs> like, do you know who that is? And we're like, but it's just so funny at that Good. age. It doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. to you. You don't care. So I think that helped me, yeah. you know, down the line. I've never really had that sort of a reaction to celebrity. I've always looked at it. If someone is famous, it's because of something that they're really good at or talented right, at right. and show me that and yeah. I'll be impressed. And this was pre-social media, so it wasn't about followers or anything, but it was more than the clout. It was, what are you bringing to the table? What is your talent? What is your skill? And then I'll be impressed. I love that. Thank you, Amanda, for bringing it up. This for me, I'm not impressed by looks or your followers or clout. I'm impressed with what you can bring on the table. How were you in that 10 years you were there about competitiveness? Was there like, oh, I'm better than you. Let me show off my skills. No. And how did you react? It was a really interesting way to grow up. I, I have all of these vivid memories rushing to me now. We would do these big auditions. The camp was broken up into three-week sessions. The beginning of each three-week session, we would have this day called Six Minor Day, which is basically where you go and try out all the activities that you think you want to do for the summer. One of those things includes auditioning. And at this camp, everybody gets in, right? So nobody doesn't get in. It's a matter of what show are you going to get in and what part are you going to get. Yeah. It was extremely competitive. In that space was a very small fish in a very big pond. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. Ooh. Also, I always wanted to be around people that were better than me. Always. I loved being around people that were better than me. Thank you so much. That's always been my mantra. I want to be around people who are better than me. Because mm -hmm. I was inspired. Correct. It inspired me. Yeah. And I didn't feel bad about myself. Yeah. And in addition to everybody getting into the shows, they also had different age brackets. Lower camp, middle camp, and upper camp based on your ages. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be with the older kids. I would tell the casting directors and whenever I would audition for arts, instead of being the lead in a lower camp show because I thought the middle camp shows were way better than when I was in middle camp I thought the upper camp shows were like professional production the upper camp shows were literally like Broadway performances no. actually we were one of the first places ever to do Camp Rock I was in one of the preview productions of Camp Rock and they had the people who wrote the musical come in and I was in it so I, I knew small, it I knew it I had it. a small little role in it. it yeah but I always preferred to be in the better shows and the better productions with the better people and have a smaller role than having a bigger role in a not as great Of show. course, yes. Oh. So I was humbled constantly. Right, right, right. I was always humbled and everyone around me was so much better than me. So for me, even at a really young age, I always prided myself mm. on having a really good eye for talent. Mm -hmm. I love being able to, to support talent. Yeah, yeah. Even at a really young age, I cared more about helping the people that were better than me be even better mm. than I cared about me getting the role over them every time. Because I knew, I knew what I brought to the table and, and for 
for me, it was interesting because I could do everything. I could sing, I could dance, I could act. I was good at all three. I wasn't excellent at any of them, which was humbling. And that was sort of how I lived my life and it was an interesting way to grow up and it was humbling. It yeah. was humbling constantly because I always knew that I wasn't the best in the room. I, I love how you mentioned that because I'm gonna ask you the question. When you were that young in the camp, did you start or realize to yourself that you're very hard on yourself? When you do an audition, a play, you always have to do an extra mile. I just enjoyed it. Okay, wow, yeah. you were really a kid. I just really loved it. Yeah. And it just made me happy. I liked being a part of something bigger than me. I think it's because I had that knowing of I'm not the best. Yeah. And I think that when you think you're the best, people tend to put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I feel like took myself away from that. I haven't thought about any of this in a really right, long because time. It just... I didn't even think this conversation was going to go this direction. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, just, it reminds me of the show Toddler and Tiara, right? Uh -huh. When they start their kids very young to feel pretty, to feel like it's a competition, to feel like all this stuff. And then they grew up. It was the opposite for me because I wanted to be a kid actor. I remember when I was really young, I did an audition in South Florida. It was a very, very, very competitive process. Blew the audition out of the water and the idea was that if you did a good job, basically they wanted to represent you. So it was Correct. like for an agency and I got it. Okay. And I remember my mom sat me down and she was like, I don't want to commit my life to being your stage mom. We were looking at what that would look like and it would be like pulling me out of school. This would be like, you know, if I wanted to be on like Disney Channel or Nickelodeon when I was a kid, that's what I wanted. And I thought I really wanted that. And I had an opportunity to potentially pursue that. And my mom, she said to me, she was like, when you're 18, if you still want to do this, I support you. She really like laid out for me what it would look like. And we were thinking about it. And great for her. Like I have so much respect for her. And the, Kudos, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And thank God she didn't do that because that would have been horrible. <laughs> After that moment in my life, I was just focused on, okay, when I grow up, this is what I'm going to do. And I was just working towards that goal. What was your dad say on this? My dad's chill. <laughs> my dad, my dad would have been cool with whatever. Well, because my dad wouldn't have been the one doing the legwork, right? My mm. dad has a full-time job. My mom would have been the one who would have had to give up her life correct, to do it correct, with correct. me. Yeah. Mm. I think my dad would have been supportive no matter what. Mm. He's he's great. I wonder where is that coming from? The motivation urge to do all of those TV magazines. There should be a nucleus from mommy and me. From like baby age, I was always super charismatic. I, I started dancing when I was two. That's a prodigy, by the way. But I wasn't a Amazing, I know, though. but babe, but, <laughs> but the, the, the fact that you found yourself, I love how you kind of like accepted the fact that you can dance, sing, and yeah, act, I wasn't but you're not excellent, you're, you're just good, which is very humble revelation of yourself because people cannot say that in LA. Well, I remember being in dance class when I was like 10, 11 years old, and I just enjoyed it. I would go on Saturdays, all of middle school, and spend all day at the dance studio. I remember one time I was in a class and there were some mean girls, you know, I wasn't getting something right or whatever, and I could tell that they were sort of making fun of me. And I went up to them and I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I'm here to learn. I'm in class because I want to improve and I want to get better. So I don't understand why you're being mean at the fact that I'm not good right now. You said all of that. Uh-huh. I put them in their place. I know I'm not great. I know. I'm here learning. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm in class. I'm here to learn. Like, That's so smart. I like, love it. Why are you being mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no reason to be mean right now. Oh my God, Amanda. I would have hugged you so tight. Good girl. Good girl. It's just, it's 
funny because I lost that. I forgot how much I enjoy learning. There was a period when I graduated school and I started a talent agency and I was just working and all I was doing was going to work and networking. And I was so miserable. And then I went on this trip to Thailand. I came back and it really shifted a lot of things for me in the way that I was looking at my life. Okay, how? One of them was I became very aware of you become the five people you spend the most time with. Love that. And I started to really think about who I was around and how they were influencing me. And then also just the idea of living intentionally. I stopped dating the guy I was dating. I stopped being friends with like the quote unquote best friend that I was spending all my time with. And then when I broke up with the guy and I did all that, then I was really sad and really lonely. And then I was like, well, this sucks too. And then I started to think about, well, what made me happy when I was a kid? What did I enjoy? What do I enjoy? And I was like, I enjoy dance. I enjoy movement. All this cut too. I started doing pole dancing. But I just remember being in that space and being like, wow, I miss learning. I miss being bad at something and practicing and getting better at it. Let and me stop you there. I miss being bad at something. Mm -hmm. That is inspiring. Yeah. Wow, okay, go on. If you try things and you're great at them, it's boring. I've noticed, especially with adults, because kids aren't like this, but adults, they try something like surfing or pole dancing or something that immediately you are not going to be good at. It's so disheartening and that people don't want to do it anymore. But then you get it. Yeah. And it feels so good. Yeah, their destination is really it good. It feels yeah. so good and it feels so good because you worked so hard for it. Correct. If it happened the first time you tried, you'd be like, next, awesome, whatever. I feel like you really need the contrast of the struggle in order to appreciate highs of the success. I think I like you a lot. That is, <laughs> seriously, that is very inspiring to me because in my life, I suck at so many things. I only know two things in life, right? That's movies and Starbucks. I keep telling everyone that. I would challenge that. You say you cannot do something. It's all in the language, Correct. Right? Yeah, so you inspired me. The way that you speak out loud mm. and the way that you speak to yourself is so powerful. Mm -mm. When you say, I can't do something, and actually, I learned this at the circus program when I was at summer camp. I bet you did. We were not allowed to say can't. <gasps> Kids would get to the trapeze. They'd get to these really daunting tricks. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And if you say you can't do it, then that's yeah, true. Exactly. Whatever you think is true. But if you say, okay, I'm going to try. I might not have the skills right now to complete the task that I want, but I can do anything. Anything's possible. And that sounds woo-woo, but when you start practicing it, I don't feel any things off limits. I don't feel anyone's out of my league. I don't allow my brain to think like that. Wow. I thought that about Burning Man. I had people in my life. Oh, you're not a camper. You can't do that. That's not something you can do. And then I had another friend who looked at me and she was like, you can do anything. You're great. All it took was just surrounding myself in a different circle, being around people that believed in me, and then allowing that to become myself. Talk. So now when I talk to myself, I'm that. The only way that you fail is if you give up. I'm going to cry, Amanda. So I want to go back so yeah, much because yeah. that's so much good, uh, <laughs> good things said. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you went to upstate New York deer camp and everything you experienced all this amazing people did you take all that and carry it with you to Emerson mm -hmm. yeah so when you took all of that how did you feel honestly I had an interesting experience my whole life where I was always I can't wait until Emerson was my first choice I got in early action it was an audition based program which is exactly what I wanted it to be mm -hmm. it was exactly what I wanted and I got there and I couldn't 
wait to leave. I was so ready to be an adult and live in the world and work and get real experience. I was like, I just want to get through this. I want to get my degrees so that I have some a credibility. Yeah. I was like, so I have credibility. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, Emerson was just a conversation starter, right? It wasn't necessarily what I learned there, but it was the fact that I went to Emerson, which is a very reputable school, mm. that people knew that I had to audition to get in there. I actually worked at Starbucks while I was at Emerson. Of course. Like, I, I did a lot of internships while I was in college. I did internships in Boston, New York City, and LA. What had happened was my first summer after freshman year, I interned in New York City at this company called Telsey and Company, mm. which is the biggest Broadway casting company, period. They cast Rent, Wicked, Hamilton, and I learned so much. And then I came back to school and an interesting like shift happened where one, everybody who was in the musical theater program and everyone who was in the acting program, the minute they heard that I had worked there, wanted to connect. They wanted to network with me. And the other thing was, and again, like I'm not trying to like talk bad about of course, the school. Of like, course, you know, I, it's a great school, but for me personally, it, it wasn't what I was looking for or needed. I felt like what I was learning in school was a little bit antiquated business-wise in terms of how fast the industry was progressing. Essentially, I came back and I, I felt like I couldn't wait for the next summer. Because in the summers, I worked at Telsey & Company in New York City. I worked at William Morris Endeavor. I worked at, you know, W me. I worked at a boutique agency called The Price Group. I had clients. I was going to showcases. I was running shit and doing shit. And so for me, going through the motions of finishing my degree felt so annoying. <laughs> Did you feel overqualified getting into Emerson? I feel like you're a big fish now in a small pond, correct? Yes and no. I just felt like for me, where I was learning the most was being immersed in the industry versus sitting in a classroom. Correct. Why didn't you bypass that? On the technical side of things like on the behind the scenes side of things where they do care. I got that first internship because I had Emerson on my resume. Ah. So while what I was learning there actually I didn't feel like was serving me in the ways that I needed to be served. Throughout the rest of my career, me saying I went to Emerson, I have a degree in this, it gave me clout and credibility yeah, and yeah. it was like, okay, you, you mean business. I don't regret going, but I don't look back on my time at Emerson fondly. So my last internship, Telsey and Company opened up an office in Los Angeles. First show I ever worked on was This Is Us. <laughs> it's the first TV pilot I ever read. I love it. Which is crazy. And I had the best four months of my life. I loved living here. I loved the sunshine. I was having so much fun. And every day my roommates were like, I think you're going to stay here. And yeah. every day I was like, no, no. And towards the end, I was like, I really like it here. Right. Like, really okay. Fun. Wow. I decided I was going to leave it up to fate. And I, after I graduated, I I went back to Florida and I packed two duffel bags. I packed one for New York, one for LA. Oh my gosh. And I haven't thought about this in forever. I was in LA, but I was applying to jobs in both New York and LA. I was putting feelers out in both places. And I told my mom, I said, wait until I get a job somewhere and then send me one of the duffels. I'm speechless. That is almost <laughs> a game to you because you, you can do both. I could. And the crazy thing is, is New York was always an option. Yeah. Like it, I have friends in New York. I have family in New York. Yeah, I had job opportunities in New York. So for me, New York was like, New York's there if I want it. Yeah. LA was the challenge. Correct. LA, I knew nobody here. I didn't have any connections here. I feel like I chose that one again. I already felt like when I graduated. Bro, and my hair is standing. I did though. I already felt like when I was graduating, I was like, I could run shit here. And I was like, but LA, I have not pieced this together until I'm saying this out loud right now.
right now, but I really think that I chose LA because it was harder. <laughs> I think I chose LA because it was the harder Amanda, choice. Amanda, like, this is why you're on a podcast to realize that. I think you went back to the roots of your childhood where you always wanted to be bad at things. I miss I, wanting to be bad at things. And, and I went right to the bottom of the barrel here. Correct. And I feel like <laughs> you said to me before when you were in camp, you never cared about competition. You just want to learn, learn, learn. And because New York was familiar, it's there. It's in the back burner. I could have it. Yeah, exactly. I could have it if I it's want it. It's too easy. You want a challenge. Girl, you blow my mind. You I didn't are, even realize You that. are incredible. Oh. That is so good. I think that's also what I'm doing right now, to be honest. Correct. Going to Europe, knowing... That's completely what I'm doing. Correct. Because life is so good. Correct. Life is so good. I love my apartment. I love my neighbors. I love my job. I love my friends. I'm so happy. And I could see myself living there forever. I could see myself doing that job forever. And I think the minute that I felt like that and I recognized I could do this forever, I was like, I, I, I need to do something different. Correct. It's time to grow. Because I was like, I'm too comfortable. Correct. Like, there's more. There's more that I'm meant to be pursuing. There's more of life that I'm meant to be living. There's just more. This was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but this was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because it's not like I'm walking away because things are bad. I'm walking away. Because things are so good. At peak. Things are amazing. And I know. And so I'm like trusting in the universe. Amanda. <laughs> really just, really just, you know. Amanda, I wish you'd come back because I want you to be my friend. That you we get... can be friends anyway. Yeah, but I can't go to Europe with you yet. Let's talk about parents now. All that, who you are, are your parents in the entertainment industry? No. Okay, what do they do? My dad is a lawyer. Okay, wow. I'm also the only non-lawyer. My sister is in law school right now my brother went to law school and my mom stay-at-home mom stay-at-home mom yeah, okay. yeah. So she, she took care of us i love that yeah. yeah you didn't pursue the career your dad pursued how did he feel about it it's funny because when i was a kid because i was so charismatic i was always told oh you should be an actor or, oh you'd make a great lawyer i was told i would make a great lawyer from a very young age but i didn't want to <laughs> i just didn't want to and i think also because everyone told me i should do it part of me was like i don't want to do it because everyone thinks i should oh my gosh <laughs> That's a rebel in you. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I am really, really, really lucky that my parents have always seen me, always believed in me, and always supported me whatever I want to do. You are so lucky. I, I love that. I, I know. Love that. Yeah. I know I'm really lucky. Yeah. I took it for granted. My parents love me. I took it for granted that my parents support my dreams. And now I know that that's something to be really, really grateful for. I'm glad you do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what job are you leaving? I was working as a creative executive for an actor, writer, producer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a name of Glenn Powell, who you may or may not know. I love him. I know, I know, I know you love him. I know you love him. I worked for this incredible agent named Joey. Very fun, enthusiastic, young gay agent. And his roster was like the most beautiful guys you've ever seen in your life. Sure, of course. And I was like 22 years old. And Joey was the only agent on the floor at that agency that I felt was my kind of people. We had so much fun together. I worked with him for two and a half years. And I got to build these incredible relationships with all of these guys and Glenn was one of those boys. Mm -hmm. He and I connected right away. Essentially, in one of our first conversations I ever had with Glenn, he just made everybody around him feel really seen and respected and appreciated. And so he would always spend time on the phone with me and he wanted to get to know me. And he asked me early on, like, what do you want to do next? I was like, wherever you're going, I'm coming with you. Not only did I think he was so incredible,
incredibly talented, but his soul and who he was as a human being, if I become anything like this guy, I'm doing things right. Correct. That was really where my head was at in that moment. I had the opportunity to do the job that I did. He was and is the only person I would have ever done that job for and with, mm -hmm. just because of who he is as a human being. Mm -hmm. So essentially I was his agent's assistant doing work with him. And towards the end, I started doing a lot of work with him. And, mm -hmm. and then I started working with him full time and I worked with him for four years. <laughs> my role was I was the liaison between him and everyone around him and sort of managing everything. The best way I could describe it, it was like CEO of life and business. I was his partner in helping him navigate everything. The job differed every day, every week, every month, but it was always in service of building what he was trying to create. I got to watch him build something Correct. from the ground yeah. up and mm. help him build mm. something from the ground up, which was really special. And I'm so proud of him and it's been such an honor to witness and watch and help support him. He worked so hard for it. He's worked so hard and he's taught me how to work hard. There are too many talented people to work with talented assholes. Can you repeat that for me? That's amazing. There are too many talented people out there to work with talented assholes. Ah, that you gives me shivers. That's you don't have amazing. To, you can be extremely talented and be a good person. Correct. You can be the best director in the world and still treat everybody on your call sheet with dignity and respect. And he is the embodiment of that concept. Mm -hmm. And what did he say when you told him you're going in this Euro trip? He was so incredibly supportive. I told him how I was feeling and he encouraged me to take action on it. He and I had a conversation and he was like, Amanda, I hear how you're feeling. We both know that things get really busy. Let's come up with a game plan together and help you figure out what you want to do next. Did I, you cry? That's emotional. Oh, I cried so much. That's I cried. A, I've cried more in the past four months than I have in a really long that, time. That, the way he said it, which no, is... No, he was great. I feel like he really believes in me. I'm very impressed. I feel like I have this connection with you. I hope you come back, but again, it's your life and I wanted you to know that I'm your friend now. The energy, the mantra, I want that. So I'm just going to follow you vicariously in Europe yes. until you decide where to go. Yes. yes. Stay in touch. So for my final question, Miss Amanda, which makes this podcast unique, what is your favorite Starbucks drink? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think it's what I'm drinking right now. It's an oat milk matcha latte. And why is that? You know, I like that it's not coffee. It doesn't make me feel jittery. Correct. And I get it hot whether it's cold outside or hot outside. It just <laughs> makes me feel, feels very homey, feels very nourishing, and it relaxes my nervous system, which I need a lot. <laughs> okay, Miss Amanda Glut, thank you so much for coming. This has been a conversation. <laughs> and enjoy your trip. Thank you.